I felt like the Lord gave, gave me a completely different word last night. I was going to continue on with what I was talking about the week before or two weeks ago. But I, I really felt strong, the Lord stirring me in a, in a different direction. And so I want us to just have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. This, this morning, for some of us, if not all of us, could uh, make a critical uh, change in the direction that we live. A critical change in how we see things, how we see God, how we understand God. Maybe you've had a struggle with that. Maybe you just wrestle through certain things. You know, what is worship all about and why is it so hard for me maybe? And, or maybe, you know, what's the sense in it? And, and actually, uh, there's a lot of sense in it. He always sent the worshipers before the battle, and I thank God that he does that. How about you? <laughs> Aren't you glad? He says he'll do the battle. He, we, just, we just get the victory. We get the trophy, basically. And, and, and yet he involves us in this. And so this morning, uh, I, I just maybe ask a few questions. You know, actually, the, the message title, if there is one, is how is God leading you? And, and how do you know that he's leading you? How do you know you're not just on your own nice uh, journey and, and, and you're just going through life and you picked up a few nice things to do and, and now you're just going on with life and you're, you're, you're born again maybe and, uh, and, and, and stuff. But I think it's, it's, it's important for us to know how God leads us. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about this morning. And, and again, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to maybe open up the eyes of our understanding. So just a few questions here. How are you increasing your awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit? We've talked about the Holy Spirit over many messages and, and all the time. The Holy Spirit is not just a cloud or something. It's the Father as a person, the Son's a person, and the Holy Spirit's also a person. And so uh, if we begin to grasp that, it should start to change the way that I even talk to Him when I pray. It's not I'm talking to a cloud. I'm not just talking to nobody, but uh, literally I'm making a true connection with God, who's my Father. Once I become born again, once I've accepted Jesus Christ and, and I've had that, you know, that aha moment of, wow, that's right. God's drawing me in and he's asking me to, 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 to repent of my old ways and repent of my own ways and, 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 and turn and commit, make a commitment to make him both the Lord and Savior. So he's never been, never wanted to be and has never been and really isn't just fire insurance for you to go to heaven. That's never been on God's heart and mind. If that's actually your only understanding is, I'm doing this so I can go to heaven, you may not have done this. <laughs> you may need to step into this a little bit further. And, and we start somewhere, but yet the, 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 the overall is, you know, how are you increasing in your uh, awareness of the Holy Spirit in your life? Another, another question is, how are your aha moments coming along? How many know what an aha moment is? Well, God gives those all the time. He kind of loves those. It's kind of, it's kind of refreshing. It's kind of like all of a sudden I'm living in this natural world 
and I have this aha encounter with the living God, the heavenly father, all of a sudden his presence comes so real that I'm like set back a little bit. I'm not just gonna read my list of prayers this morning. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have an aha moment with the living God who wants to encounter me in a unique and in a personal way. I think we all know what it's like to have distant relationships or to have no relationships or to have hollow relationships with people. Well, it's the same thing with God. We're gonna have that same type of thing. However we often are with people is how we are with God. And sometimes it sounds spiritual to say, well, I'm really close to God, but you're not with anybody else. Sounds spiritual, but you know it's really not true. The Bible says it's impossible for me to love him if I don't really love you. So I have to learn and realize that God wants to move in closer to us, and that's what he's up to. There's a, there's a deception going around that says that it's really hard to hear God. Can I just tell you again, that's a deception. That's a deception. It is not hard to hear God. That's, God wouldn't call us to do that if that was the case. Did you know that you were actually designed to hear him? He gave you two ears to hear him. And as the old saying goes, he gave you one mouth and two ears intentionally. And so it's, 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 it's not impossible to hear him. It's not hard to hear him. It's a deception to think that it is. When you work hard to hear God, oftentimes it's a struggle and it's a frustration. Have you ever been in a situation? I have. You know, you, you may be in a situation where you really need to hear God. And so you go to your prayer closet, you run to your place, wherever it is, and you're saying, God, I just need to hear you. I just need to hear you today. I need to hear you about this. And, and, and you don't hear him. Has anybody experienced that before? Besides me? I mean, there's just, you know, it's just, you're really, you're trying really hard. And you're really sincere and you really want to hear him. But the challenge came with the fact that oftentimes when we approach him like that is we're saying, God, I want to hear you with my natural man. Even though the scripture says the natural man can't really understand the things of the spirit. And God wants to release the things of the spirit inside of us. And so oftentimes it's easy for us to get to that point. And I wrote this down. We expect the voice of God to come outside but after Jesus rose from the dead, he sent his spirit to live inside. Amen. So maybe we're looking in the wrong place. Maybe we really are trying to hear with our natural ears. And it doesn't mean that God can't speak audibly. He has before. He will again. But for the most part, he's grown this relationship with us. The Bible says God is spirit. And we understand him through that. So as we get into his word this morning, let me just pray. Because again, I, I believe this morning you can have an aha moment with the Lord and, and a continued aha moments. So let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is going to be very clear to each and every one of us. I, I believe you're going to clear the atmosphere of confusion. You're going to clear the atmosphere of religiosity. You're going to clear the atmosphere of my own mind jumping in and trying to interrupt what you want to say this morning to each one of us. 
And God, we're going to grow in Christ this morning. We're going to grow in your word this morning. We're going to receive from the most powerful uh, words ever written, ever penned, that we have in our hands today. So open up the eyes of our spiritual understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 to 3. Let's just hear the word and let it begin to speak to you right out of the chute. And I, brethren, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to those that he's uh, uh, speaking to in Corinth. He says, I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal. And, and so he's being real open with them. He's probably been teaching there for a year or so. And, and, uh, and he's finally got to this conclusion. He says, it's just funny. He's like, I keep teaching these things, but it seems like nobody's growing. Nobody's rising up to uh, the level that they can through the power of God's word. And he says, but you're spiritual people, but you're as carnal. And, and the word carnal there is simply defined as having a nature of flesh under, it actually means, actually means under the control of an animal type spirit. That's kind of wicked sounding, isn't it? It's having this, its seat in the animal nature aroused by the animal nature. It includes the idea of depravity, human depravity. In other words, everything I think about is under that kind of carnal thinking. And he's saying, I want to switch that. I can't teach you more if that's where you still are. As so as to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you're still not able for as you are still carnal, you're still working under this natural, uh, I mean, what he defines here is this natural animal nature, this instinctive nature that an animal works by. And he goes on to say this here. Uh, it gets better, you guys, okay? <laughs> for you're still carnal, for where there's envy and strife and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving as mere men or earthlings? In other words, you're still functioning, you're still operating from this natural, carnal, natural level of thinking and life. You're still trying to rule things with your own understanding. Even though we know in Proverbs it says, don't lean to your own understanding, but trust in him. Let's get our spirit involved in this. And we're going to drop down over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 2, verses 9 to 14. And let's just read here and glean a few things here about the whole idea and the whole concept of getting back into that place and relationship of aha moments with God, experiencing his presence, uh, standing in his presence like never before. I believe we're at a place where we really need to. And I'm going to give us a few ways to do that once we look at a few more scriptures here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 9 through 14. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So God has all of these things prepared for you. 
He says, I got all this stuff planned. I got it all prepared. It's all for you. I did all of this for you. From sending his word also to sending his son and now sending his spirit. He says, I did this all for you. I have great things in store. And there's things that are still waiting uh, to be told to you. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. How has he revealed them to us? Through his what? Come on. He's he's revealed these things not through our natural mind and our own understanding, but he clearly says, I'm revealing these things, but they're coming through the Spirit. And they're trying to connect with our spirit. Because you're made up of a body, fleshly body, a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit. And he's chosen to teach these things not to your mind, will, and emotions first, your spirit, and your spirit then would lead and guide your mind, will, and emotions. It'll help you to walk out life on an everyday basis. God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit is the one that searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So God works inside of us to develop an assurity of his spirit so that we can come into a a, a clear agreement as he reveals these secrets to us about his plan and about his situation and about what's really happening around us. Because how many know it gets confusing just to look around us and see what's really happening? We'll often see what's happening in the natural and not uh, really see what's happening in the spiritual, even though Paul teaches in another place that we don't have time to go to. And he says, I just want you to know, everything you see is not real, but what you don't see is what is real. What you see is not real. What you don't see is real. Now, come on, we got to really catch this this morning. Let your spirit jump in right now. Let your spirit jump in right now. God's reeling us in. Paul's teaching us these things so that we'll catch it. Because, see, oftentimes we, we can pray and maybe not see the answer the way that Jesus prayed and always saw the answer Because we don't see in the spirit realm. We're always paying attention to the natural realm. And we're always praying things that we see in the natural when potentially that's not really the issue. The issue's in the spiritual realm, right? We don't wrestle against what? But we we, we do wrestle against what? Principalities and powers in the high places. How many sees? How many sees? How many see... A principality and power right now. Kind of yes and kind of no. I'm not sure how to respond. Because I'm going to offend half of you one way or the other. Your physical eye is not seeing a principality and power, right? Okay, good. Sometimes he'll work through people and you'll, you'll see them that way. But you know what I'm saying, and so I'm not seeing what I really need to fight against, and so therefore sometimes my prayers hit a miss. God's saying, no, I want you to see in the Holy Spirit. I want you to see the spiritual realm now. See, we need to see it now. Not when we get to heaven. When we get to heaven, it's going to be glorious. It's going to be beautiful. There'll be none of this going on. But he wants us to see it now, and this is where Paul is pulling them in. And, and so, 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 so he says to us, faith comes by what? 
Not seeing, right? No, it's, it's hearing. And, and, and it says, it doesn't say hearing the word, right? It says faith comes by hearing by the word. But the real hearing is over here. See, if, if faith came just by hearing the word, we'd all be amazing right now, wouldn't we? You've heard so much word. You've heard so much, right? But your faith doesn't match how much word you've heard read to you or that you've read. So faith comes differently than just reading the Bible. It comes from hearing in the spirit realm. And then God begins to awaken something inside of me. How many can say amen to that? Don't you remember um, when Jesus spoke to John? And he says, when he, when, when, he, when he was about to leave, he said to John, he says, man, you know something? There is so much more that I want to tell you, but I can't tell you right now. Why? Because he wants to speak to his people. He's not done speaking to you. I don't know if you've ever thought about how much you might be missing because you can't handle it. In other words, maybe there's something that God's going to stir in you today. It's going to open up your understanding in a much broader way. You shouldn't be struggling to believe in Jesus right now if you're born again. You shouldn't be struggling with that. You shouldn't be going back and forth with that. If you are, that's the sign of immaturity. And Paul said you you were just too immature to go to this next level. But going to the next level doesn't have to do with Higher education doesn't have to do with you being particularly smart. It doesn't have to do with any of that, how, many, how good of a job you have. But it has everything to do with understanding the Holy Spirit and letting him speak to you. Your faith will come by hearing him. And that's the position that we fortunately stand in. Don't you remember uh, when uh, in John chapter 14, uh, Jesus said this to Philip. He says, Have I been with you so long and you still don't know me? And some of us are like that. Man, I've been with God. I've been following God for a long time. But I don't feel like I know him. I don't know that the intimacy has increased. I don't know that I still have the aha moments with God. Well, that's where he's bringing us to. That's where we're going to go today. Amen? Let's go there. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of man except for the spirit of man which is in him? Even so... No one knows the things of God except for the Spirit of God. So he's comparing now your spirit person and his spirit person. He said, you don't know these things, but the Spirit of God does. Verse 12, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, does that sound like we should be having a struggle understanding the spiritual things of God. No, he didn't say these things are given to those that study the word more or work harder. No, he said these things are given freely to us. See, we just don't understand how freely God has really given everything to us. Once you become born again, and that's what we were talking about last week, just that, or two weeks ago, that grace... 
It's so amazing we don't understand it. That we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. John chapter 16 and verse 15 says this here. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and do what? Declare it to you. So can you hear what he's saying? He's saying, man, God has, Jesus, he's saying, God has given me everything at this point. And now I'm coming to give it to you. I want you to have everything. I want you to have full understanding. I, I don't want you to struggle in this spiritual realm. I don't want you to, uh, to, to not be sure about what you know and about what you believe and what's going on around you. I want to come and give these things to you freely. Remember what Paul said, you know, you were, you're still carnal, so you're not being able to receive these. We're going to break that today and believe that God's going to begin to re reveal things to us. Why? Because you really need it. Amen. You really need it. Don't ever forget the fact, no matter how smart we may think we are, don't ever forget the fact that the Bible says in the last days, deception is going to be so strong. So strong that even the elite will be deceived if he didn't come back and save us. Now think about that. That's how blankety, blank, blankety. I, should, I was not there. I was not in the script. That, that's how this darkness is blanketing over the earth. But, but we're not supposed to be there. I promise. <laughs> Come on, read back to the Bible, you guys. These things we also speak, not in words with which man's wisdom teaches, but what the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. So do you hear what he's saying? He said, hey, this is not going to come through a teacher. This is going to come through your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And how well you're learning from him. And he's teaching you these things so that it gets past just your mind. Verse 14, he makes it very clear again. He's repetitive here, but, but needfully so. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are what? Spiritually what? Say it with me. Discerned. They're spiritually discerned. That's the aha moment. All of a sudden, wow, what I'm reading really makes sense. What I'm reading jumps out at me. What I'm reading is really penetrating the depths of my heart. It's not just in my head when I read his word, but his spirit brings it to life. And, 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 and I've been saying this over the last number of weeks. There's so much confusion, which is a sign of the work of the enemy, because God's not the author of confusion. There's so much confusion around us, we have to understand, we're going to have to learn how to live by discernment. And that discernment is what he's talking about here, is that things are spiritually discerned. Verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And he answers that with this. But you, but we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So let me just ask you, do you feel like you have that? Do you feel like 
that, that you have the aha moments. You, you feel like that you uh, experience the Holy Spirit stepping into your heart and spirit uh, when you read the Word or just when you talk with Him. Do you feel Him coming and experiencing Him, experience Him coming into you from the spiritual perspective? You should. If you don't, you should. You need to. If you don't experience it that way, then I might suggest that you're doing it all up here. And that's why you continue to struggle. That's what Paul, I think, was sort of addressing in Romans 7. You know what I didn't want to do, I keep doing. He's wrestling with his mind, wrestling with his will, wrestling with his emotions. But in chapter 8, it turns into a wrestling with the Spirit. Look at John chapter 14. Uh, I love this. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He'll teach you all things. What don't you know that you need to know about God to bring a greater confidence and assurance about him? What is it that he needs to teach you? What would you say to him today? God, this is what I really need to know. I need to know this. I need to quit washing back and forth. I need to quit being up and down. I need to, be, I need to quit following my emotions and quit chasing after my mind. And I need to know, God, what you're saying to me. I need to know what you're stirring in me. What do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you want of me? If you created me with a purpose, what is it and how am I to do it? And let the Holy Spirit, because it says here, he's going to teach you all things. And he's going to bring to your remembrance all things that he said to you. And it says, he goes on and he said, peace I, live with, I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Boy, that's, that's a good verse. You know, I, I, I think that, and Patricia gave us a great word last year, I think it was, on peace. You could probably look it up. Uh, peace really becomes that plumb line for us, for hearing the voice of God. They kind of come into this sweet alignment. You know, if you've ever been in confusion or fear or, uh, you know, all tangled up, it's kind of ha really hard to hear God then. But man, if you let that peace of God comes into alignment, that's the God we serve. Philippians 1 verse 9, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, in all discernment. God wants you to have discernment today. He wants you to see in the spirit today. He doesn't want you to follow the flesh and the carnal uh, lifestyle that's so easy because we're so surrounded with it. It's so easy to get wrapped up in it. So let's just look at a a few ways that we can step into this particular place of really hearing from God at the right level. Hearing from God at the right level. When you hear from God, how many would agree with this statement? When you are actually hearing from God, something exciting kind of rattles inside. Anybody? Raise your hand. I better raise your hand because I'm feeling a little discomfortable here. Okay, good. You know, something should come alive when you make the divine connection with the divine and holy God who made you holy so he could have that with you. He made you holy so he could just come right. He's in you. He's there. 
And, and, and we, we were to have these things, and, and there's something exciting about that, and I believe he wants it to be all the time, all the time. So let's just look at three things that I think may help you uh, get to that place that we're talking about that Paul's trying to say he had a spiritual understanding. There's natural carnal. I want you to have spiritual understanding. Jesus said, I want to show you all things. He doesn't do those in the natural, but he'll show you in your spirit and your heart. Uh, he, he'll, he'll bring alive your spiritual person. That's who should have always been in the lead. When you were created in the beginning, I read it at the start, in, in the beginning God created you in his image and likeness. The spirit of God was on top. It wasn't until Adam sinned that the spirit was removed and the soul started leading and taking over. Right? Come on. And when you become born again, what comes alive? Your spirit comes alive, but it takes a while for us to get him into the lead. But I'm telling you, we're at a critical point here in history where we have to have him in the lead. You have to have him in the lead. So the first thing, first thing, number one, put the word of God above everything else in your life. I don't know what you've heard about this. I don't know what you've read about this, but I'm telling you, this is the most powerful word on this planet. It's the only sure word that you'll ever come across. It hasn't changed since it was written and it will not change. It's the solid foundation that we stand on. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4 and, and, and see what he says about it. My son, attend to my word. Be an attendant of it. It can't be secondary. I can't, if I'm in a position to where I'm never having time to read it, I, and, and when I say read it, I'm not talking about speed reading. I'm not talking about just reading your devotion through, but if I'm at a point where that's where I'm at, there's no desire for me to come here and get into this word, I need to, I, I need to go to the doctor. Dr. Jesus. <laughs> He's the great physician, right? I need to go to him and I need to confess to him, this is not all important to me. I let a lot of other things direct my life and lead me. And when I read it, man, I don't, I don't obey it because I just haven't placed it there yet. Can we just be honest? I just haven't put it there. I read it, but will I really believe it? Anybody with me here? Is everybody still here? <laughs> All right. Now listen, this is important. I'm telling you, this is so important. <laughs> my son, attend to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Do you do that? Are you doing that? Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. Man, I can't say enough about this point. And again, if I could just boldly challenge you, if you have no desire to read his word, you need to understand you do need a physician, <laughs> a great one. But guess what? He'll, he'll, he'll take care of that for you. He'll take care of that for you. I love the New Living Translation says it this way. Don't lose sight of them, speaking of the word. Let them penetrate deep in your heart. Wow. Let it get into your heart. When you, when you read this, if you're rushing through it, and because and, you got to eat breakfast before you go to work, so you're rushing through this, it probably isn't going to penetrate into your heart. 
And, and, and it's no wonder I walk away. It'd be like going to dinner, sitting down, seeing that beautiful plate of food, getting up and leaving. I'm going to start getting weak after a few days. It's important for us to really begin to do the word. Second Chronicles chapter 16, there's kind of an interesting little story. That, that it's, it's about King Asa, and here's what it says. In the 39th year of his reign, Asa developed a serious foot disease. Okay? Yet even with the severity of the disease, he did not seek the Lord's help, but he turned only to physicians. Wow. So he died. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> Another translation says it this way. In 2020, America developed a serious spiritual showdown. Yet even with the severity of it, they did not seek the Lord's help, but they turned only to CNN. What are we turning through? What are we turning to in this day that we're living in? It's kind of humorous, but it really isn't. Because this is what's happening, and we see it happening all around us. We see people knowing more about what's happening in the world than what's happening in the spirit realm. And right now is the time for us as born-again believers to know like never before what's happening in the spirit realm. If you, if you want to impact it and affect it, if you want to be effective in this day, you must know what's going on in the spirit realm. That's what Paul's urging the Corinthian church. Saying, listen, you're just still carnal. You're still looking at everything natural. And I need you to see things in the spirit. And for whatever reason, King Asa decided he just wasn't going to seek God. <clears throat> Second thing that we need to do is we need to learn again how to meditate on God's word. How to meditate on God's word. Uh, Joshua 1.8, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to what? All that is written in it. I won't do what's written in it because I won't be able to if I'm not meditating on it. Come on, I can't just read it. And, and how many know that? You can't just read it when it just says uh, to don't do this and then you just don't do it. Sometimes you got to go back and you got to meditate on that again. You got to say, God, I went out and tried to not do that, but now I did it again. But the word has the power to transform that. Amen. Come on, how do I love my wife all the time? Because I go back to his word. And when I want to argue with him, he tells me like it is. And what am I going to do with that? Am I going to choose to go that route? Or am I going to continue to be my stubborn, goat-thinking person? But, but, but God. You know, and that's what we can get sometimes. I, I've always... Remember and chuckle about the fact that the Japanese Bible, they say because of how it's written, they read it like this here because it's written up and down. The Americans read it like this. 
And, it, and it's almost true. We can just kind of be that way. So how are we meditating? Psalms chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he does meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. What a promise. He says, just think about my word more often. Chew on it some more. Don't just read it and be settled that you don't understand it, because that should be impossible. You should understand it all. Because he said he would show you all things, even things to come. It just brings forth fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I'm almost thinking that maybe instead of being a workaholic, what if I uh, was a meditataholic? I might prosper easier. Come on, is the word true? We believe the word's true in this church, don't we? And this is what he's saying, and it's over and over. And he's talking to Joshua when they're about to go in and take the land. We want to go in and take the land. Come on. The kingdom's coming here. We're not going there. Unless you're like Asa, maybe. You could get there sooner. But we're not. We want and expecting and anticipating the Holy Spirit, the kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. So I need to get to the place in my life where I begin to recognize his spirit. And what I have found about the, the meditation is it just takes time to sit down and not try to speed read through, but begin to read through uh, whatever portion it is. And as the Lord uh, maybe stops you or nudges you or begins to speak to you about it, which he should often, he should often be speaking to you out of it, that all of a sudden you stop and something begins to open up in your spirit and then all of a sudden, that word is delivered in your heart. I hope this makes sense because, see, if I'm just racing through my prayer times and I'm not experiencing his presence, I'm missing the mark. I didn't get away with that a few times, but after a while, let me just tell you, you're going to really be sorry you missed that mark. God wants to meet with you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to speak to you. He needs to speak to you. Why? So he can show you things to come. So I, I need to honor his word, and I need to meditate on it. And this is the last thing that I've found that really opens up, uh, <coughs> opens up the, <coughs> uh, maybe just the, the aha moments or the times where I really begin to sense God's presence. Number three, is, is to learn to respond to his spirit. I need to learn to respond to his spirit. I remember in a parenting class, if I could have Tyler or somebody come up, no, Tyler's back there, Jonathan or somebody come up. <clears throat> We're going to close in just a moment, but I want us to respond this morning. Remember we had a parenting class, and in that parenting class they taught uh, a principle called first-time obedience. First-time obedience. And, you know, I wrestled with that. You know, I grew up with, with no-time obedience. <laughs> and so I really wrestled with that, you know, and fought with that and resisted it. But uh, as he began to explain it, he said, you know, if you ever came out and your three-year-old son somehow 
figured out how to climb up a ladder and get on the peak of your roof. You don't want him to not stop when you say stop the first time. You want him to stop the first time. And what I've experienced, what we experienced with uh, four out of four of our kids is if you, if you let them get away with it once, the next time you'll have to let them get away with it twice. And then the time after that, they'll push you to the third time before they respond to you. How many have experienced this? Come on. And, and the longer, they'll just keep pushing you as far as they possibly can. And that's always the bad thing. That's why the count to 10 thing may not be the best idea in the world. No, first time obedience. And, and the longer that you let them go, the worse it gets. And they just keep going. And again, what if they're on the peak of that roof? And that's like with us. God wants to be able to stop you sometimes. And there's probably a few times even now you would say, man, I wish I would have known that principle. I wouldn't have argued with God through to the point of sin or whatever. But I would have just really stopped. And I would have believed him. And he wants you to learn how to be obedient the first time. The first time. We're in a critical season. I don't need to tell you that. We're in a critical season. And as much as it's there and it's an issue, the season is not about black and white. It's really not even about politics. But what it's about is a spiritual battle that's sneaking in on the tail of all those things. To do what? To kill, steal, and destroy. And what that means is that you and I, as the people of God, need to be in tune with the Father so that we can hear what he's saying, we can pray the right prayers. Come on, the prayer of faith changes things. Everything Jesus prayed for happened because he said he only did what he saw the Father doing. And somehow, I believe he wants his church to be back in that position to where what you pray actually makes a difference. And we're not just always praying about our own prosperity or just bless me, Lord, but we're praying about the condition of our world and the condition of lost souls. And we're literally fighting the battle for those that need salvation. The Bible says that Satan blinds their eyes. I believe Jesus did many healing of blind eyes because he wanted us to do the same thing. But see, we've got to get to that place where we're understanding what's the Spirit really saying. And, and again, it's hard because he made us so much in his image that we're very intelligent that works against us without him. Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are it. That's the ones that are the sons of God. Would you just close your eyes for just a moment, please? Just... <clears throat> If you would be honest with yourself 
this morning. Just you in the closet with God. Just be honest and say, you know, I really haven't experienced the aha moments. I haven't experienced the revelation that comes to my spirit, man. It's all been just topical. It's all been up on the top. It's all been mind, will, and emotion. There's really not this time where God really begins to unfold to me my own purpose in life, my, my, my understanding of what he's saying and, 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 and what he's doing on the earth. Because if I don't see what he's doing, I won't make it a priority. I'll continue to do my own thing. But I believe he wants to open up every person's eyes to see what part they have in seeing his kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. And now's the time, not tomorrow, not the next day. Now is the time, he said. This is the day of salvation. This is the day that we are to step in. And, I, I, and again, I just cannot uh, urge enough for you to be transparent with the Holy Spirit this morning. And if that is not there, if you're hearing what Paul's saying, you know, about being spiritual or not spiritual, and forget the word carnal, that just, just to say, you just know you're not, you're struggling with remaining spiritual, being in the Spirit of God and wanting to come into the Spirit of God. It's not a priority, it's just a duty still. And I want to pray for you, and I want you to just answer yourself before the Lord. I believe, and I've be like he said last night to me, if you'll respond to him and maybe just start taking some of the steps that we talked about here, that he will literally uh, transform you so that all the things you want and need to know and see, he will begin to unfold to you. <clears throat> Proverbs were written not to hide things things from God's people but from the unspiritual but today the Holy Spirit's here you can even feel it in worship there was just this warfare about worship that was breaking through I think our spirit so Father this morning listen and hear the heart of every one of us here this morning everyone online as they watch this. I, I pray the same Holy Spirit that's well able to penetrate their heart this morning would come and take us to that deeper level, God. Take us to that point where Father, we truly step into a new realm of relationship with you and it's no longer a duty. It's no longer hard to read your word. It's no longer to go out and do the will of God. It's no longer to, hard for me to want to share this great news that I have to other, with other people that you put me in relationship with. I, I become bold before you with it. But most of all, God, you want to have that deep, personal, sincere relationship with every one of your sons every one of your daughters today. So open it up right now, Father, as we pause for just a moment and ponder your love and passion for each and every one of us. You said that when we cry out to the Lord, you deliver us. And we're doing that this morning, God. 
Take a hold of my heart. Take a hold of my heart. Take a hold of my heart. Just with everybody's head still bowed, if you're here and you've never really had that first encounter with Jesus Christ where you've accepted him in and you had what I would call maybe an aha moment with him, because that's the greatest aha moment, I'd like to just pray for you. If you're here and you've not done that, we just raise your hand. Anybody at all, it's an aha moment when he comes. There's no denying it. Or maybe you're just here and you really would say, you know, I guess I've just gotten caught up in a lot of things, even spiritual things sometimes, and I've just wrestled with having that closeness or those aha moments lately. I mean, we all get there. I've been there too. Would you raise your hand? I'd like to just pray for you also. I just believe there's going to be an amazing thing that's going to take place if we become transparent with our maker. Anyone else? Father, we thank you today that your word is powerful, it's sharp, and it's going deep this morning. I pray that each one of us, God, Hold on to it and not let it go away. But, Father, take what you've said to us today in this crucial and critical hour that you have uh, put us in because you knew we could handle it. You knew that you would equip us for this day and this hour, not just to hide, not just to hold on till it's maybe over or something, but, God, to make a difference. You've called us to make a difference that today would be that day. And I just pray your favor, your blessing, your goodness upon each and every person here, everyone watching online, God, that this would be just a, a fresh start and a new day of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said...